Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. It's good to be in the booth today with you. We're actually in, not a booth, we're in the Boulder Campus Library, and I have my good friend John Boyle in the house. Are you ever in a booth for The Weekly? It used to be a booth. Really? Where was that? The kids' room. That wasn't ever used to kids' room for a year. So not so much a booth as a classroom. Probably true. Okay. I thought of it as a booth. That's nice. I could shut the door and lock the door. It felt like a booth. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, John? It's going well. Man, we're in the full swing of uh, ski season, aren't we? Oh, man, we are. You know, it really wasn't a really great season, November and December, but it's shaping up in February to be pretty good, right? I've had some good days, yeah. Yeah. Have you? I've had some bluebird days, my friend. Oh, those Powder. are the best. Those are the best. Those are the best. You know what uh, Benjamin Franklin used to say that um, beer is proof that there's a God and that he loves us? Oh, really? Have you ever heard that line? <laughs> there's so many Benjamin Franklin quotes. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I think I don't think it's beer. I think it's champagne powder. <laughs> yeah. You know, a few weeks ago, I did have champagne powder day. That is the best. Man, my skis were like rockets. It mm-hmm. just felt different. Mm-hmm. It was like taking off. That's taking fun. Off. I did in my pole that ski trip because the snow was so deep. The, sco- the snow was so deep, and I fell on it, and uh, I had to use powder to bend it back. Wow! So I, this season, I will be skiing with a bent pole for the rest of the season. It just shows you're a boss. It shows you're a boss. It shows you you've been somewhere mm-hmm. in the ski world. Well, it's you know what I've actually come to the conclusion is way more fun to ski with my kids now than ski with friends at the resorts. It's just so much more fun. You're saying you would rather ski with your children than with me? No, I did not say that. <laughs> We've never skied. You together. probably should want to ski. Skiing but, with your kids is so fun. I have some of my favorite memories of growing up are skiing with my parents and my grandparents. Yeah. And I love being able to do that with my kids. Yeah. So my good. mom, so their grandma skis with them too. That's yep. it's fun. Yeah, we've had grandpa and grandma with us and uh just so many good memories. You know, it is a lot of work to get out the door. <laughs> it's a lot of work to get back in the door. Yeah. But while you're there, it is precious. Mm-hmm. It is precious. It's about perseverance. There trials. you go. <laughs> I'm not sure that's that's the trials that James had in mind, but yeah, I do count that as joy. You count so. that as joy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Calvary, we want you to tune in what's happening at Calvary here. Here's your little update, go to calvarybible.com. You're going to find out a lot of great things about the campus in which you reside in. We want to be a a prayerful church. That is one of our shaping values. And so we're asking you this week just to be praying for the women's retreat. They go this weekend, praying for all the dads to lock down home and have a great weekend with their kids as they get the moms out the door, but also praying for the women as they open up the word, they meet together, they share their stories they worship together. The women's retreat is happening this weekend, and we need to be praying for just some spiritual fruit of that. Um, it's going to be a great time for those ladies to get away. First time post-COVID for them to be gathering in all campuses and having a retreat. You hope it's post-COVID. Oh, man. I'm a cup half full guy. Good. John. I like so, that about yeah. you. Hey, we also have a lot of great things happening within student ministry. So if you have a middle school or high schooler, you want to go on calvarybible.com find out all the information of how to get your kids connected and then finally men's madness so 
I made this sort of observation, John. The women's retreat is called Joy of Becoming, and the men's retreat is called Madness. <laughs> Who's in charge of the men's retreat? We have some great guys. Mark Luby, Perry Marshall, and Matthew Michaud this year. Nice. I named it. But didn't ago. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> aren't you responsible for the madness? I am. It's in keeping with the theme. We have uh, mayhem and chaos and havoc, our middle school ministries. So well, we, have we a, get crazy at Calvary. Yeah, we do. And uh, Men's Madness is actually the kickoff of the men's basketball tournament. So we watch the games on Friday night, which is a lot of fun. Eat wings, pizza, hang out, play spike ball, cornhole. And then Saturday morning, I'm really looking forward to this year, where they are have guys lined up to talk about their sort of journey in faith. Oh, cool. And how they got connected, mm-hmm. ways they got connected with other men. It's going to be great. So if you're listening and you're a man, you need to sign up for Men's Madness. How do they do that, Jay? You go to calvarybible.com slash events, and, or you uh, talk to one of us, and we will send you a link of that exact same thing. Cool. Men's Madness, March 18th and 19th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. It's only 20 bucks. That basically covers all the pizza you can eat. <laughs> That's really what it covers. <laughs> Just pizza and food and good times and goodness with some guys. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. All right. Hey, you, since we do have you in the booth, you know, we've all been praying for you and your neighborhood, your town, because you mm-hmm. live in Superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Marshall Fire and just the devastation we watched unfold and are hearing about. But we have had a kingdom assignment, which I think is a beautiful expression of Calvary over a long period of time. Mm. Give us an update, sort of what's happening in the Marshall Fire Fund and the kingdom assignment. So we have received, uh, I I think, close to 130 requests for financial assistance for folks who are in need, uh, the you know just to recap, we uh, have set aside more than a hundred thousand dollars of resources to just be able to give away, and we're hoping to be able to give it to our members, but not for them, so that they might be able to give it to their friends or maybe you know a coworker. Uh, perhaps they live in an impacted area, so they have neighbors or family members or friends, whatever their relational connection is, to be able to. Uh, bless those people and help them and come alongside them and express love and care and you know that we're with you in this and um, it's it's amazing I I told the Boulder campus a few weeks ago I get to read all the requests that come in from our people and it is sort of simultaneously heartbreaking because you you know you just read about the personal impact in the life of you know this particular family that you're reading about and then at the same time it's heartwarming because you hear the ways that uh, the members of Calvary are just loving their friends who are hurting and you know we ask how how have you been involved and what have you done so far and it's so encouraging to hear the ways that our church has already been loving their community and caring for people and then their prayers for how these resources, which are relatively small in the grand scheme of things, but we hope that they're significant enough that they really demonstrate God's love to the people who receive it. And to just read how our people are asking for us to pray with them and how they're praying and what they're hoping God will do with this gift is encouraging. And I, 
I'm just so proud of the ways that people are coming alongside people who are hurting. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about this yet in our just pre-recording conversation, but what does it feel like to live in Superior right now? What are the ways, you know, is it, is it becoming inconvenient? Like what, what does it feel like to live Mm. there? I think it depends on where you live. We were having dinner with some friends who live in our neighborhood uh, over the weekend and they live in a part of our neighborhood that is less impacted than ours is. And their comment to us was they um, can kind of avoid it depending on how they drive and where they go. Um, in, in my particular case, I can't avoid it because it's on my street and I look at it whenever I go outside of my house. Right. Um, so it is, uh, it's really hard. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, because you are, you're just looking at devastation all the time mm. and it's, it's just a, it's still, um, very severe to look at and it's really hard to process and it's painful because the houses that have been destroyed no longer have your neighbors in them and so when you you know you love these people who used to live on your street and they don't live on your street right now and they're not going to live on your street for years mm-hmm. and that's really hard because you don't that relationship changes you know like if a, if a friend of yours used to live on your street and moves away like the dynamics between you just change right it's a natural it doesn't mean you're not friends anymore but you don't see them every day when you're out at the mailbox or taking the trash cans in or coming home from work and they're outside and you get those um you know conversations and moments of connection that are fun that sometimes turn into dinner or whatever right you know? uh so that's that's really hard mm-hmm. um there's, but it, it's amazing the resilience that people who have lost their homes are showing and, uh, uh, you know, but it's also challenging for them too. They're up against a lot right now. Yeah. So thanks for sharing, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. We'll continue as a Calvary to be praying for you and your, your town and we appreciate how, that. how we can be involved, you know, yeah. which ways in which God's calling us to be involved. Well, and this, I we're praying this kingdom assignment really helps to share the love of Jesus with people who need to know that there's a God who loves them, and I I can't wait to hear what God does in the midst of this. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be beautiful. That's great, John. Okay, so you know we talk about Marshall Fire, and then we're talking about our news cycles these days. And just this, even this last week, over the weekend, um, how are Christians called to respond to Ukraine right now? You know, we, we're watching something that hasn't happened since World War II. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And it makes me angry. Yeah. It makes me really angry. It, yeah, there's so much uh, behind that question. I, I think big picture especially here in in boulder county and in the front range um you know i'm just thinking about you're talking about the marshall fire um this this obviously is on a global scale and we're we're removed from it geographically but it just feels like 
another um, traumatic event that has occurred in our world where there just seems to be an unending series of traumatic events. Right. I mean, we've, we've had traumatic events personally in the life of our congregation. Obviously, we're in the midst of COVID, which as you said, you're hopeful that we're post-COVID, yeah. but that, you know, we're two years into this, and that's been very traumatic in a lot of ways. Um, we obviously had the King Super shooting in Boulder about a year ago, uh, the Marshall Fire, and it just, it it feels like, oh my gosh, here's another mm-hmm. sort of world-shattering, uh, unbelievable event that's occurring. So that is just in the context of, I think, sort of the water we're swimming in right now. No doubt. So, uh, you know, I, I think you said you're angry. I think sometimes we can also feel helpless when these kinds of situations occur. Like, what what can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, we were in touch with, I, I shared this with the Boulder campus yesterday, but we were in touch with uh, some of our global partners who connected with some missionaries who are in the Ukraine. And I'll just share a few things uh, that, that they shared uh, about what's happening there. They, they sent a note which said, this is quite possibly our last means of correspondence for some time. War is imminent and the consequence is dreadful. A state of emergency has been declared and this will be followed by martial law. The note goes on to say, God is about to give us a great opportunity to show our Christian faith practically and reach out into our community with the gospel. As we close this note, the military jets can be heard overhead, and we covet your prayers. We are not braver than you, but confident we are where God would expect us to be. So I think we feel angry, we feel helpless, we feel confused, we don't know what to do. I think one thing we can do is what they suggest we can pray yeah that's right and uh, we can pray for peace to come we can uh, pray for a cease uh, to violence Um, this this note closed with a scripture verse from daniel chapter 4 verse 17 the second part of it which says the most high god is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of people. So I think as we pray and process about these kinds of events, we can be reminded that God is sovereign over the whole earth and God is not surprised that this has happened and God is also all-powerful. And so we can pray big prayers in this and we can ask God to do great things, and we can, we can um, pray uh, what our brothers and sisters said they're hoping to do, which is that God is about to give us a great opportunity to show our Christian faith practically and reach out into our community with the good news of Jesus Christ. We can pray that God would do that, that God would protect missionaries who are there, who are serving in the name of Jesus and that they might be able to come alongside people and care for them deeply. And we can, we can pray that the proud would be humbled mm-hmm. and that yeah. God 
that his mighty hand might intervene. Yeah. And we can pray for President Biden and world leaders and President Zelensky of Ukraine. And we can, God commands us to pray for our enemies. So um, you can pray for Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. and for uh, the Russian regime that God might humble them mm-hmm. and that there might be a withdrawal. We can pray that and and trust in God. Yeah, that's right. I think also, as you're just talking, I'm like, the Psalms give us language on how to pray when we're angry, when we're right, when we're sad, when we're confused, when we're fearful. And I think that's a really good reminder just to get back to the Psalms, yeah. to have the language we need when we pray, mm-hmm. and to know that we aren't alone Amen. in that whole journey. It's amazing. It's just... You know, we were talking with our kids about it on Thursday morning. And, you know, it's just a really good reminder that there's evil in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're reminded of that all the time. Um, but there's a God that's bigger. Mm-hmm. And a God who has destined our days, who knows us. And the Christian response is to pray. Yeah. As first and foremost. And um, we pray for his kingdom to come. Yeah. Uh, his will to be done and that's hard sometimes we can also be reminded that you know jesus said don't be surprised when you hear of wars or rumors of wars these are birth pains and it's a reminder for all of us when these things happen that jesus is going to come back right and uh the day that he returns we don't know when it is but we're closer to it today than we were yesterday Mm -hmm. and we can just Pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and we can all be reminded of when Jesus does come, brutal regimes come to an end, Mm -hmm. and Jesus will reign and rule over a kingdom of righteousness where there's no violence, where there's no warfare, where there's no bloodshed, but there's just the goodness and the glory of God that will radiate out from him, and there will be the kind of global peace that every person in the world longs for, and that no one will be able to accomplish outside of the true king who is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think also about, you know, we're, we're in the book of James and we're talking about Jesus' brother, James. Yeah. But Jesus and James lived in a time where there was wars and rumors of wars. There were pandemics. Mm-hmm. Um, there was political unrest. Yeah. There was, uh, natural catastrophes that happened in their lifetime. Jesus speaks to them. Amen. Actually in the gospels at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not doing this alone, right? nor are we ill-equipped because we've had Jesus himself go through these things. Yeah. And James reminds us once again in James one that we have trials and we have temptations. Yep. And you know, I think it's really interesting to think about maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrestling with this in the last couple of weeks, John, I'm, I'm remembering it once again, that these were human beings filled with the Holy spirit commissioned by God. That's right. To do something amazing, Mm -hmm. which James is one of the earliest books written in the new Testament. Yeah. As much as we can tell. And like they're figuring out how to, globally take the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me. Yeah. It's just like, 
that's like you and I trying to figure out, along with the local church, along with the power of the Holy Spirit, to take this to the ends of the earth. Yeah. In the first century. Mm-hmm. Like no internet. No no phone calls. Yeah. You know, the they got on ships where they walked. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just crazy to me to think about the early believers. Yeah. And then 2,000 years removed from them, we sit at the ends of the earth mm-hmm. in Boulder, Colorado, the, you know, beneficiaries of the work that God's done over millennia mm-hmm. to share the good news with the world, which he promised he would do. It's, it's so incredible, man. Yeah. It's just so incredible. What's striking to you about, as you're studying the book of James, as you're preaching through the book of James, which is a very noble task and a difficult task. What's sort of capturing your attention and heart? Well, you mentioned James is the brother of Jesus. So just the remarkable, and and we know uh, because the, the gospels tell us that during Jesus's earthly ministry, his brothers didn't believe in him. And then the the risen Lord Jesus appeared to James. Mm-hmm. And we assume, we don't know this for sure, but it, it seems like there's a correlation between that post-resurrection appearance and his, James's, cha- you know, life transformation in his heart to affirm that his brother is the son of God and the king of kings. That's a remarkable yeah. transformation because of the resurrection. We've always said that's a defense of the fact of the resurrection, the right. individuals' lives were changed post. Yeah, something happened there that was so incredible that someone would say, yeah, my brother is the king of all kings. And he rose, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to sharing the good news about my bro. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And I also think what's, what's amazing is how, how close... The book of James is to the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. There are so many what appear to be, uh, you know, James doesn't quote Jesus directly, right? But I mean, there's just so many phrases that are borrowed from Jesus's preaching ministry, mm. and I think that's just remarkable. That in some ways James feels a little bit like a sermon about the Sermon on the Mount. You oh, know, that's interesting. Like he's almost, uh, uh, you know, marking up the Sermon on the Mount. Right? right. Like just talking about it and bringing application to your life and how does it, uh, how does it have impact in the way that you live? Um, so, so the, how, how familiar James was with the teaching of Jesus and then how James is like, considered the wisdom book of the new Testament, right? Like there's a correlation between how familiar you are with the teachings of Jesus and how wise a person you are. Wow. That's super interesting. So, you know, just for us, what does that mean in our life? Like let's, let's just be as close as we can to God's word and then the wiser we become. And that might not be the wisdom of the world, but that's true godly wisdom, which is one of the aims of the book of James, is to help us live. You know, we, we've described this 
book as a book about how to um, be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what the life of a follower of Jesus is about, being really close to Jesus and growing and maturing and becoming wiser in the way that we live. I think that's a really good application for us to maybe revisit the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Mm-hmm. It's um, We all know it's a famous sermon, but maybe to reread it a couple of times within this series to sort of glean what James is talking about yeah. and where it's coming from. Yeah, where some of his points come from. Right. And, you know, sometimes you read James and it feels a little scattered. Yeah. You know, like, whoa, have we just shifted gears? Like, what's going on here? And it's cool to see some of the context, I think, of where he's he's gleaning all of his wisdom from, which is right. Like, remember, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Right. God is the true source of wisdom. So it's not surprising that James would look to Jesus for wisdom right. and then would apply it to our lives. This is not surprising because it happens quite often, but I think James is a really good book for Calvary in this season with all the things that are happening Mm. with us and our communities. And I think it's this timely, you know, you know, we, we do these sermon series and they're always timely and it's partially this result of God loving his local church, Mm. Jesus being the head of it and wanting us to accomplish something in it. Yeah. Or him wanting to accomplish something in it. That's right. So, I think it's is a really good reminder for us again. Okay, based upon our political season, based upon our national news, and based upon our worldly news, we can look at Book of James, and it becomes really street for us. You know, walkable. Yeah, what we need to be doing today, which is just—I mean—it never ceases to amaze me how practical relevant helpful the bible is we make that point all the time but but it's like it's crazy yeah like this is a book that was written thousands of years ago and then to your point oh my gosh you're reading this and you're like man this is really helpful for me in my current context in 2022 yeah totally on unreal unreal hey john thanks for your time today well, thanks for having me, Jay. I know I know you have a busy week, and it's just really good to sit down with you, hear what's going on, hear your ski season, yeah, and then also hear what God's doing in your heart. I forgot to tell you also, I was in your uh, country of origin last week. Oh, the great land of Texas. Yeah. Well, I, you I was in, in Texas. My, you weren't in my favorite city in Texas, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good to have you back home. I'm glad to be home. I am too. To my country of origin. You know, I'm just called to be a missionary <laughs> to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Leave my home. Sent to the ends of the earth. Sent to the ends of the earth. Yeah. No doubt. Good for you. Hey, Calvary, we're so glad you're listening in on the weekly. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, check out last week's episode. It was one of those episodes of what are we reading um, here at Calvary? It was between Melissa and I. We did a great book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality jump in tune into that we got a book that we're we're reviewing next month that if you want to follow along thanks to jennifer jones's suggestion we're giving you the book ahead of the month and it'll be in the show notes today it's crafting a rule of life an invitation to the well-ordered way 
So you can click on that link. We don't get any money from that link, but we want you to be reading along with us this next month as we sort of process what God is doing among us here at Calvary and in our own spiritual lives. All right, let's get out of here, John. Thanks, Jay. Happy Monday, and for those who tune in the rest of the week, happy week here at Calvary. We love you. See ya.